Hello and welcome to the Physiatry Podcast, where your health and recovery is number one. I'm your host, Dr. Avinash Ramchandani. Today we're going to talk about the FDA and how it gets things approved. This is especially important for the people that are thinking about getting a vaccine. You should know that it's safe. So here we go for episode number two in season two of the Physiatry Podcast. So first of all, let's talk about the approval process from the FDA. The first phase in studying a medicine or a vaccine in this case is a phase zero study. This is a study where it is studied in animals and usually this means monkeys or maybe mice. Normally such studies for drugs can take years to get approved. But as far as vaccines, the current COVID-19 vaccine including the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, have gone through what's called an emergency use approval. So these have not been fully approved by the FDA, but these have been approved in an emergency, in a public health emergency in that case, and this has been approved early. So I'm going to go back to that in a few minutes. Anyway, so the phase one study after that is when it is studied in humans, but this is studied in a very small portion of humans. This means like 10 to 12 volunteers. Now, both the phase zero and phase one studies were done with the Moderna vaccine for COVID-19, which is called mRNA-1273. For the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to call that the Moderna vaccine. Because of the nature of the emergency, the phase zero studies were not needed to complete with this type of vaccine because it had been studied in animals before. On the other hand, they still did these studies to make it, you know, good for everybody to look at. So in July, they published some information about the phase zero studies with chimpanzees, and this showed great immunogenesic response from both the 10 microgram and 100 microgram dosing of the Moderna vaccine. And then they also did the same study in adults, and they studied the doses of 50, 100, and 250 micrograms. And they had 250 microgram dosing where three of 14 participants had one or more severe events. This is why they approved the 100 microgram dosing for emergency use approval and went forward with the next study with the mind of 100 micrograms, maybe the right dosing. After phase one is completed, normally we go straight to phase two. Phase two is when there are a small amount of people that are enrolled in this study as well. So where phase one, we test the actual dose of the drug and the safety of the drug. The second phase is to see how efficacious is the drug and if the drug has any side effects. So we know that it's safe at this point, and then we're just checking for whether it actually causes side effects. So we have a bigger group of people in this study, up to 100 to 200 people, and we can see whether there is a difference in any efficacy or any side effects from the drug. Normally, only 33% go from phase one to phase two, while 70% go from phase zero to phase one. Phase three is the longest phase of the study. Actually, phase four may be the longest phase of the study, but phase three is the longest phase of the study prior to the FDA making approval. And phase three is usually one to four years in length, and this has 300 to 3,000 volunteers to the most 
for the most part, of people with the disease or condition. And about 20 to 25 to 30 percent of people from phase three go to phase four or or drugs go from phase three to phase four. So what this does is it tests the efficacy and monitoring of adverse conditions from the drug. And then phase four is the uh, largest part of the study where the drug has already been approved by the FDA. And these are mostly post-market research type studies. So let's review this again. There's phase zero, where we have animal studies. Phase one, which is a small, small, small study, 10 to 20 people or so. And this is people with the condition, but it's testing the safety and the dosage of the drug. Phase two is where several hundred people are studied, and this is the efficacy and side effects of the drug. And then phase three is right before we get approval of the drug, and this is 300 to 3,000 volunteers with the disease or condition. As far as the COVID-19 vaccine, Moderna enrolled a lot more people than what would normally be enrolled in the studies to shorten the time period of the approval of of the disease drug or the vaccine in this case and therefore also making it safer and better to study. So instead of enrolling 3,000 volunteers, they enrolled 40,000 volunteers in order to study the drug and the vaccine. So normally it's drug coming out into the market without emergency use or without fast track may take years to get approved. This may take up to 15 years to get approved. So for example, let's talk about the drug uh, Lyrica. This is also known as pregabalin. Now, pregabalin was first introduced or invented in 1990 as an anticonvulsant. It was invented by a medicinal chemist, Richard Silverman, at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. And he actually identified the drug pregabalin as a possible treatment for epileptic seizures. And this was introduced because it was very similar to the drug gabapentin. In any case, It was approved for epilepsy, diabetic neuropathic pain, and post-herpetic neuralgia in December of 2004. So it took 14 years for the drug to get approved from its initial invention in 1990 as an anticonvulsant. Now, of course, they took a longer time because this was not a very important drug as far as anticonvulsants go, but has actually become a quite important drug for us in pain management where we use it for neuropathic pain. Pregabalin is now approved as a generic here in 2018 and is now used throughout the world. The FDA gets involved in several different parts of the studies of the drug, including they like to be involved after phase one, phase two, and phase three in order to continue to approve the drug and make sure that the drug is in concordance with the FDA. And any drug company can go back to the FDA to obtain guidance during these studies. Furthermore, at this point with the mRNA vaccine or this Moderna vaccine, Moderna actually went to the FDA for wanting what's called emergency use access. And this is what the vaccine has been approved for. So even though it has not had published study data of the vaccine, it actually did release its data and the vaccine reports so far. Moderna vaccine has also gone through what's called 
fast track usage. Fast track usage is a more common thing, and this is actually uh, more of a thing that happened since 2000. And this was sort of the modernization of the FDA. And what fast tracking is, is where we've approved many drugs very quickly for things like cancer and for ALS and other things where the drug may not be as important to be safe, but if it helps people with cancer, it may be worth it to get it approved. So for example, there are 42 drugs that were approved through fast track status between 2015 and 2018 for cancer. And of these drugs, only 19% have actually shown to have significantly extended patients' lives. But those 19% would not have been approved if the FDA had not fast-tracked these drugs. We need to talk about a drug called Gleevec, which was approved for fast-track in 2001 by the FDA for leukemia. This has significantly improved patients' lifespan. And if we think about that, the same thing should be the case with this COVID-19 vaccine if it works the way that it's we're told it does. And based on the studies and the information given to the FDA, which should be the same that comes out in the New England Journal of Medicine or wherever it is published, it seems as though 94.5% of people are protected from a severe case of COVID-19 when the vaccine is given to them. And it is given in two doses of 100 micrograms. Of course, this was studied in 100, 250, and 50 or 25 micrograms initially. And they found that 250 had too many side effects. 25 didn't cause enough of an immune response. So they studied 100 micrograms, which may be not the perfect dosage, but at least we know it causes an immune response and it, it gives people good safety of the drug. Now, there's always things that may happen after the processing of the drug, which may cause problems with the drug, including side effects and other things. Contaminants can happen in the drug manufacturing process. These can happen with anything, including the drugs that you get from the, the hospital or from the pharmacy. And this is unrelated to the FDA approval process, although at times the FDA does get involved and does pull those drugs because of side effects or because of contaminants. And this happened recently where we had a drug called Tagamet, which was removed from the market because of such issues. So let's talk about another drug that met the approval of the FDA for fast track, but then did not go forward with the full approval. So the FDA approved the approval of uh, Lartuvo, which is a drug that they thought would make patients live longer for patients with cancer. And Lertuva was approved in 2016. And then they had some other studies that showed some confounding information that showed that it may not actually give patients longer lifetime. So they did another study before the FDA would actually approve it. And the FDA didn't approve it because it didn't meet the Eli Lilly endpoint of data. And essentially what happened was that it showed that median overall survival was only 20.4 months compared to 19.7 months with people that were only treated with chemo. And so therefore, they did not go forward with the FDA approval because it would have minimal significance in the treatment of this cancer. So are these drugs safe? Yes. 
for the most part, they are safe. There are some exceptions where we found that in large studies after the drug has been approved, that the drug does not have safety regulation as it should. Now, back in the 1950s and 60s, these regulations were not in place the way they are today. And therefore, the drugs that are approved today are much safer than they were in the 1960s and 50s, where we did not study these in the same populations or different populations as we do now. Was the Moderna vaccine studied in people that were pregnant? No. But does it seem to be safe so far? Yes. Do we know if there'll be any side effects? We don't know yet. At the same time, there were some people in the Moderna vaccine candidate that actually got pregnant during the time of getting the vaccine. Moderna and Pfizer are both studying the effects on people that have gotten pregnant and is currently testing these patients and seeing what the results of their pregnancy were and all sorts of other things with that. Moderna did do some studies on pregnant animals and saw no significant ill effects on the pregnant animals or their offspring when the study was done. So that is very interesting. The other thing that was thought about is that when pregnant patients do get do get COVID, they have a higher chance of getting pretty sick with COVID and have a Uh, more commonly end up on ECMO or heart-lung support in the ICU or on ventilators. This is more common than the general population. So if you are pregnant and you have not gotten the COVID vaccine, it is actually important for you to get it if you would like to get a COVID vaccine or are eligible at this point to get the COVID vaccine. It is really important to think about this. The mRNA coming from the vaccine does not get transferred to the placenta. Therefore, it does not get into the baby. But the antibodies that are in the pregnant person will get to the baby so it will actually protect the patient or the baby from COVID. We also don't know the side effects of babies of mothers that have gotten COVID and that may be worse than the long-term side effects of getting a vaccine. So we still don't know the exact effects of COVID, whether it may cause some other side effects on the children. Hopefully nothing, but who knows? So far, studies are inconclusive, so let's see. So again, there are 68 drugs in trial for COVID-19. Of these 68 vaccines in clinical trial, there've only been one that has been abandoned for trials. Two have been approved for full use. Eight have been approved in early limited use. This is throughout the world, of course. There are 20 in phase three, 22 in phase two, and 41 in phase one studies. So we know that most of these phase one studies will not end up being approved for phase four studies or being fully approved. So again, there are 68 vaccines in clinical trials right now, which is incredible. So one of the drugs that we have had approval is the Pfizer-BioNTech. The other one is the Moderna vaccine. The other one that should be coming soon, and this is my prediction, is the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in the United States. This should be coming soon, and I am thinking within the next few weeks we should hear something good about this anyway thank you for listening to the physiatry podcast this is your host dr avinash ramshadani i hope you have a wonderful week or two and i will see you back here at that time thank you again and have a wonderful one